Today on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we are going to be bringing in Calgary, Florida Panther fan, Kirby Lupal onto the show to discuss everything about the trade. We're going to be talking about Alexander Barkov speaking out on the trade. We're also going to talk about something cool that a former Panther is going to be doing once he passes. We're going to talk about that all next on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, August 16th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Locked On NHL, where they'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Panther fans, we have something cool happening today on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. What you know, with the offseason, it gives me an opportunity to be a little bit more creative and bring people that aren't normally on the show uh, to to talk everything about uh, Florida Panthers. But he, this person has been here on the show before last year when I did my uh, Florida Panthers uh, fan series here on Lockdown Panthers, and we, and not only is he this his second time on the show, but now he has his own podcast uh called the fla cats hockey podcast is one of the three co-hosts kirby lupal is hit is here on the show kirby welcome back to lockdown panthers thanks for having me armando and uh i just appreciate last off season you kind of giving me that first voice in the community here um you know we ended up launching our our twitter spaces and like you mentioned our fla cats hockey podcast now and stuff like that so it was just awesome talking to you last off season and uh this offseason has been quite eventful, to say the least. So it's going to be interesting talking to you uh, one year later here again with you in Panthers offseason. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because um, for for those, we, we know there, there there's a section of this um, fan base who, who, of course, who downloads the podcast. Some of them are on Twitter. And, of course, um, so not a lot of them had to got to hear our conversation over Twitter spaces the night of the trade. So, of course, uh, for for the listeners, I hopped on Kirby Lupal's uh, uh, Twitter Spaces the night of the trade, and it was just just hours long of conversation talking about the trade. Of course, I know your uh, your story about how you heard about the trade, but uh, tell tell the listeners of Locked On Panthers about how you how you first heard about it and tell them all about it, about your reaction. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, we broke it down on our podcast that we were talking about the Kachuk trade, uh, Ryan, David, and myself, and uh, I. It was about 9.30 my time, mountain time, so Calgary standard time. So I was doing some stuff. I wasn't quite settled in for the night and things like that. And uh, I checked my DMs because I don't always check my Twitter timeline. So I checked my DMs and I had, I don't know, two, three, four DMs. And uh, Cody from our Spaces community was like, yo. And I was like, okay, yo, what do, what do you mean? <laughs> and there's not no other context there. And then I, I opened up one um, from Lexi who was ended up being my co-host that night for Twitter Spaces that we had like, people all night long. I think we went for four or five hours and she posted the Kachuk trade and then the Kachuk extension. I didn't see 
Huberto's name. I didn't see Uyghur's name. So I was wondering what's going on. So I left her a message. And that's when one of my co-hosts, uh, Ryan, messaged me in our group chat and said, did you see this trade? And we were talking back and forth. Well, our host, our captain of our ship, David, he was already in bed for the night because he goes to bed at 11 or you know, around 11 midnight. So he was already in bed for the night. And uh, people are like, we need to go live here. We need to go on spaces. So I, I know there is a Panthers community that launches spaces and then we started one up. So that's kind of how I found out about the trade. I always remember kind of where I was when it happened. And it was neat just getting everyone, Armando, coming into spaces like yourself and saying, where were you at the time? Uh, how they had to break the news to their son or wife or, you know, some of their families in bed. Or um, we had another person come on, um, Stu from Fluffy's podcast. And he said, well, Fluffy's in bed right now. <laughs> I'm like, David's in bed too. So there's a lot of people within the podcast and uh, media community, Armando, that didn't know the news till the next morning. So I always like hearing the news, being out on, you know, mountains, standard time, usually hearing stuff break really late when it comes to free agency or trades. So I love that, you know, kind of be first to know or one of the first to know. And then just seeing everyone's reaction the next day was was astonishing. So mm. for me, I was about to go to sleep and then and then I found out the news. And then that night I couldn't go to bed until like 3 a.m. So it, it was a it was a it was the next morning I had like a 10 hour shift and it was it was a little rough uh, for me the next day. And then, of course, Sunday was like that day where I could officially like sit down and like, you know, take it all in and all that stuff. But a few weeks ago, I I shared I shared your uh, graphic on the on the show talking about where Matthew Kachuk uh, score most scores most of his goals. And for for the listeners, Kirby is a Calgary native, Florida Panther fans. For, so f so for those who listened to the summer series last year, you know that that's uh, where Kirby ha happens to be. So you got to see a lot of Matthew Kachuk uh, over the years, and of course now you're of course. Um, of course, also watching the Florida Panthers from all the way over there in Alberta. Um, tell tell us more about what uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, brings to the table because we see 40 percent of his goals being right in front of the net, and that's I tell that I tell the listeners that's what the Florida Panthers are missing that net front presence, even though they have one in Sam Reinhart as well. But tell tell us more about what you've seen seeing him like almost every day over there. Yeah, I see him quite a bit. I'm not gonna say like I watch 82 games a year, but I, I'm in the I'm in the you know in the city. Uh, a lot of my friends are Flames fans, so I got all, I got to all the Florida fans and all those questions the day of the trade. By you said when Sunday hit for you, when Sunday Monday hit for me, I was finally getting to my DMs from my friends that live here locally in Calgary and saying, "What do we get in Kachuk?" You know, I I know I know his style of game and how he likes to play, but I wanted to get the fans' perspective that's watching him like 82 games a year. You know, sometimes we 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 play often the same night as the Flames, so I'll, I'll watch a period or two here or there. So what we're getting from you know, Matthew Kachuk is like no other player that's currently today in the NHL. You've heard the term unicorn, um, power forward. I grew up starting, you know, I, I told you last year how I got into watching the game, Yarmie Yager, Mario Lemieux, way back in the 90s, power forwards like Jeremy Roenick, John LeClaire, those type of players. So I think he's a real throwback to those, to that era. And I asked Flames fans, like kind of what we're getting. And one, one of my friends mentioned to me, you're getting like, he's not the exact same player but he does those things in front of the net like you talked about, like a Joe Pavelski that works on those tips and deflections. When Sidney Crosby came into the league, he wasn't as good in front of the net with the hand-eye coordination, those deflections and those goals in front of the net. That's something that he worked on. So that's something that Matthew Kachuk coming to the Panthers already has in his arsenal. And I mentioned on our podcast, um, when you watch Kachuk live, it's different than seeing him on television. There's different ways that he gets into the into the front of the net and gets involved in the rush. Now, some fans 
are like, we need a guy that's a play driver, that's the first man up in the rush and transition. That's not Matthew Kachuk's style game. He's a trailer in transition. And I think that works well when you play with guys like Carter Verhage, Alexander Barkov, when Anthony Duclair comes back from injury, a guy that has wheels. You don't always need to be that first man up in the rush. And you've seen that with a guy like Yarmer Yager and how he blended with Jonathan Huber and Barkov, who at that point in their careers were better skaters, moved better in transition and those type of things. So I think that's one way that Matthew Kachuk will will enter transition with us. He'll be that trailer in the play, and he's got that net for, net drive presence. So he's going to go towards the net. He's going to look for rebounds. Um, Johnny Gaudreau used to find him with the Flames coming late to the net, and he'd, he'd, he'd tail up, you know, kind of like Jonathan Huber did, stop turn see and then move the puck towards the net and Matthew Kachuk would get a lot of deflections in front a lot of rebound goals and those type of things there's another way that you'll see with Matthew Kachuk for fans like yourself Armando and fans that are season ticket holders fans that are going to a lot of the games Matthew Kachuk at times he doesn't look like he's doing a lot away from the puck when the puck's being moved from perimeter point to point point to forward but he'll just slowly creep into front of the net and he'll drag one man with him and then he'll drag another man and then he'll drag another man. And that's going to open up a lot of shooting and passing lanes for players like Aaron Ekblad, for players like Alexander Barkov, for players coming off that half wall there. You know, something that we've seen a lot in Hornquist, but Hornquist is a lot like in the twilight of his career. So you're going to see a guy in the prime of his career, 24, 25 years old, go to the front of the net, pull defenders with them. He'll start behind the net as well. He'll start to drag to one post to the other. He'll look for tips, deflections, redirections, those type of plays. So I don't think there's a player that we've had prime of his career entering the prime of his career, someone like Matthew Kachuk. So fans are going to be very, it's going to be very fun watching him on television, watching him at games and watching him. Yeah, I said this to David on our podcast, even watching him in between the whistles. Like David, after you come back from the games <laughs> and we launch our spaces, let me know what he's saying in between whistles. What, what is he mm-hmm. causing? Because a lot of times we go commercial break. I'm not seeing those type of things. So I'm really going to be interested in seeing that. We saw that a little bit like, we saw that elements with that with uh, Mason Marchment that we're going to dearly miss, one of my favorite players. And now bringing Matthew Kachuk in, he's going to add those elements back into the team. Mm. That's sometimes what the broadcast doesn't um, include, of course, going to commercial, like not drawing back and forth. In, um, and, and, of course, you have the, the referees um, in, in between them. You have the broadcaster in between the glasses, like listening to all of them. And you brought up a great point about him uh, trailing the play on, on the rush. And that's an opportunity for a drop pass for him to to have a slap shot or even one timer, or even if there's an opportunity around the net that he gets to clean it up there. So that 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 create that's such a benefit that the Florida Panthers had. And of course, what I feel that um, the straw that broke the camel's back, of course, was that one for thirty one power play in the playoffs. And of course, that um, not having a net front presence, and of course, their their only power play goal happened to be right in the low slot, the one that they had. And you know that that's what Bill Zito is looking for. Uh, more of definitely as as we continue on but and, and brunette 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 not not changing things until the end where where hornquist was a part of that one goal and then of course armando we were missing mason marchman out with injury and that i think really hurt the team so there was different elements that uh changes weren't made with the coach quick enough like different adjustments made on the power play and then not having someone like mason marchman who you know he isn't a power play guy for us but matthew kachuk is so you're going to see those elements on the power play that you know hopefully our power play will get off to a hot start with a new coach and, you know, on a new franchise cornerstone piece like Matthew Kachuk. That, that's what we're definitely hoping. But in the next segment, we're going to discuss Alexander Barkov speaking out on the Jonathan Huberto uh, trade. Um, and um, and we, Kirby and I are going to talk more about that in the next segment here on Locked on Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all 
about Built Bar. And we're going to tell you all about the cookie dough chunk puffs. And if you haven't tried Built Bar puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in one uh, in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com and snag a box for you and the family and it will be a perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just board them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate, chocolate covered cookie dough with a fluffy chest texture. So good. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 uh, On 15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Tuesday, August 16th edition of the show. I'm Armando Velez. I got Kirby Lupal of the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast here joining me today. And Kirby, um, for the first time, we finally got to hear uh, Alexander Markov speak on the on the on the on the train. And of course, that happened to be this week during his him and Patrick Laine's, uh charity golf tournament that, of course, they raise they raise a lot of money for and. And some of the pictures that we see of them like lining up, like signing pucks for for fans over there in Finland, it's just a great uh, thing to see. But of course, um, paraphrasing about what Barkov spoke about um, during during that interview, which they did have English subtitles, so we were able to know what he was saying. It was in in Finnish that he spoke about the trade, and he spoke a little bit about how he was blindsided about the trade. But of course, him as a leader of the team, he's he know that they. They are getting a shiny new toy in Matthew Kachuk, bringing him in. But um, what do you what do you take of Alexander Barkov's comment? Is is it is it too passive, or is it or is, or do you think that or do you think that Alexander Barkov should have done more to keep uh, quote unquote his friend in Jonathan Huberto? Yeah, there's many ways to look at this. So you, Armando on the Barkov side, I think it kind of um, symbolizes Barkov how he's always been with the media, how he's always been with tough button topics, how he's just been with standard interviews, um, kind of said the right thing, walked the company line, said, you know, um, changes need to be made here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he really got into his playoff accountability or the players. I think as a captain, you have to sometimes speak on that. So I'm waiting for training camp to see, you know, like our, our star guys, our core guys needed to be better. So I'm, I was a proponent of like, we can't just blame a rookie coach and Andrew Burnett. And I think that was a lot of my tweets that people were coming at me, but it was a little misconstrued because I also said every night on our spaces during the playoffs, Armando, the core guys are responsible for kind of the downfall of the playoffs, like Huberto, Barkoff and that. And with a caveat, Ekblad, he's come back from two serious injuries, again, a serious injury this year before the playoffs. So a little bit of caveat there, but those are the three future, like, current cornerstone pieces of our franchise and then you can add bob in there because of what he's being paid and everything like that but bob and bob and verhage are the two guys that you could be like those are the guys that really brought it in the playoffs for the most part and everyone else you know you know didn't didn't show up you know and i think barkov 
what he'll have to say to Huberto will probably be in private and group text, one-on-one with them and different things like that. So he's kind of walking the company organizational line. Well, the things that he'll be telling to Huberto, he'll tell him like, you know, privately, like he didn't throw his teammates under the bus. He didn't throw other teammates under the bus and that type of thing. And that's kind of Barkoff as a leader. Some people have had issues with Barkoff having that captaincy on his chest. Now that Matthew Kachuk's coming here, it's an interesting debate. I believe always that Alexander Barkoff is a, is an, is a, example leader like you know on the ice not by the words that he's using not to pump the guys up that's that's right that's been hornquist and other guys and stuff like that i like when matthew kachuk came in and said i'm going to change that about barkoff you know i'm going to pull him into the fire and you know i'm going to be out there to help to protect him if if i'm on his line irregardless i'm going to be out there to help him out power play five on five but he's going to have to pull himself into the fire too so i think with like barkoff i've said this before armando i think the core has kind of got a little complacent in that fire and that leadership and things that they say in interviews since Yager has left. The remnants of Yager is is slowly going away. Now, a lot of that is is ingrained in those guys, how they work out off the ice, like Huberto, highly conditioned athlete, so is Barkov. But I think now with Matthew Kachuk coming in, he's going to give a different voice to that dressing room than Aaron Ekblad, Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Huberto, you know, the core prime pieces have given in the past, right? It can't all come from Bobrovsky or Hornquist. It has to come from your captain and your leader and Alexander Barkov. So I'm the biggest Barkov fan, but I think this is a big season ahead for him. And not only this season, how he starts this year with a new coach, with a new franchise piece of Matthew Kachuk, whether they play on line one together or Kachuk plays on line two, you know, he's going to slot in somewhere. So I think it's going to be a really huge off season, but start of the season for Barkov. If you look at Barkov's numbers, I tweeted this out, Armando, some of his lowest numbers are in the months of October and November. And I think without Jonathan Huberto now in the picture, I think Barkov, there has to be a bigger emphasis on him starting up. Fans want to see more fire in him. They want to see fire in those type of interviews at a mm. golf course in August or in training camp in September or the start of the season in October. It just can't all manifest come playoff time. So, you know, we're in a tough division. We're going to take maybe a – you can you can mention this, Armando, yourself, as half a step, a step back. Yeah. Losing pieces like Marchman and Giroux. Um, we're really tight to the cap this year. Next summer, like $15 million opens up in free agency. I know I'm getting a little deep into that. But I think players like Barkoff, the leader, the captain of the team – you know, he has to show by example, but there's going to be other things where Kachuk's going to be like, you got to say something here or do something here, right? And I think Paul Maurice might drag that out of Barkoff a little bit more and someone like Matthew Kachuk as well. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think his statement was guarded, predictable. Um, I, was, I, I was fine with it. Sorry? Vanilla. Yeah, Vanilla, like how he is. So a lot of fans that are detractors of how he's led over here over the past little while are going to mention those things. I don't put a lot of stock into it in August on a golf course in uh you know the middle of summer but i think they raised like a hundred thousand dollars so they've really they've really upped that um that that charity that they've been doing for quite a while there with line a and barkoff and different things like that so i know barkoff works hard in the off season i know he says the right things i know his teammates respect him but yeah this is a huge year coming up for the cap of the team and like you said no one is untouchable like you know how does this season play out you can't say things with ekblad you know or barkoff like anything is possible when we've seen what bill zito does so yeah, and and there there's debates on whether whether he should have been consulted on it or not. But of course, the the of course the only thing that Barkov control can control is play on the ice. And you mentioned the slow starts of October to November. That's going to be a real big indicator early on of how the pace is going to hap- go this season with the rest of the team, especially with with 
getting to know someone like Kachuk. Of course, you can get to know someone like him off the ice in the beginning of training camp. But of course, it's like you said, the word manifest. It's got to manifest itself. And of course, um, of course, I, I still think on paper this is a this a this is a playoff team. But yeah. it's really got. I, I think there's there's got to be a little bit of an emphasis early. Um, we we see that Boston is kind of on the tail end of of, of their of their run of making the playoffs. They might they could make it this year still, but still you. You you still have them um, that that you never know when they're gonna go away. Ottawa's gotten a little better. Detroit's gotten high in Ottawa. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it, a big month of October and November is is a real big month for Barkov. And also, you know, I think we could also appreciate that Barkov is just as unselfish of a superstar as can as can be. I mean, David Dwork had a guest on his show of the of the guy who uh, did that play by play of the the Panthers Red Wings game of when Anton Lindell and Barkov had that shorthanded goal in Detroit a few days later, he was on the show talking about when he was chatting with Barkov, when he was injured, that he was going to the team facility to, to help serve the team breakfast, even though he was hurt and on, on IR. And of course um, you want to see a captain always there for the team. So, I mean, of course he's got, he's led by example. And of course it's, it's, it's got to continue and Hey, this this guy this uh, a big October and November is a, is real big for this guy if they're gonna take that next level and you talked about a new voice you they got a little stale and a head coach and a superstar player this time this this I the word this is the word identity this team is going to have a new full blown identity next season and um I. And of course, they're gonna take they're they're gonna take that step back. Of course, winning the Presidents Trophy, it's gonna it's always hard to replicate 122 points. But we're gonna see a, definitely a new full full blown identity with this team. And, and just to add on the trade front, you it's hard to let your captain know players let you let know because if a trade falls through, like Kachuk gave his five six teams that you want to go to, and that falls through, and then Jonathan Huberto hears his names on the market, and that trade doesn't happen. Well, 90 100 percent. Jonathan Huberto is coming back here for the season and they're working on an extension with him. Uh, he's playing a season with a team that's trying to contend. So it's really dicey to let things come out. Um, Jonathan Huberto's agent, Alan Walsh, he loves to promote himself. He loves to promote yes. his clients. He loves to say things. So how can you be upset at a general manager for not letting players know if you're not going to be upset at players and agents for letting things leak when they let things leak? That's a yeah. double standard, right? So I don't get upset either way. There's politics involved. There's gamesmanship yes. involved. There's things with money involved. Why you hear rumors and things that leak. Like Jonathan Huberdeau, if he was going to Montreal, he would have one or two inside sources with RDS, which is the local Montreal Canadiens, uh, tell if he was going there. Something would leak from his agent or something. Oh, they're interested in Jonathan Huberdeau. A trade could be coming here. So the players use that all the time for leverage. So this, that caught everyone by left field, fans, media, players. It's just crazy because you don't always see that happen. And uh Bill Zito's a guy that holds his cards very close to his vest, and that's how he's always been. And um, you got to respect that. Of course, we'd like news to break so we can see things and talk about it. But like, it's, we're being selfish. But yeah. uh, he's he's really good on keeping those things in house, and I think that helps a lot of times because when things don't happen, that can wreck the chemistry in the dressing room. If a player thinks his name's out there and then he's not moved, then what? Right. So. And here's another thing about keeping your cards close to the vest, or if you are the team that's trying to sell off a player. So, sometimes news gets out there in order to force other teams to up their bid. Like for example, the Sabers when they were trying to trade Jack Eichel, they put a false leak, um, a false report out there about 
Matthew Kachuk being part of the package for Jack Eichel to go to uh, uh, Calgary. I think it was Kachuk and Manjapani or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. And and th- that's another that's another way of how people can manipulate uh, trades that way. And to think that Matthew Kachuk could have been a saber uh, th- this whole time, even before a trade, and th- none of this would have happened. The Florida Panthers would have still had Jonathan Huberto. It's crazy how uh, putting a false report out there can definitely uh, uh, up someone's offer. It goes it goes both ways. So yeah, fans have to look at that, right? So yeah. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about something pretty cool, at least in my opinion, about what. A, a, a former Florida Panther is going to do post career and post life uh, when when talking about uh, li- what what life is in the NHL and what it does to your body. We're going to talk about that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I am Armando Velez. I got Kirby Lupal here of the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast here. So. We've been talking about this trade, uh, of course, throughout the first two segments. But one thing that what what I thought was really cool that I saw from Rick Westhead uh, today of TSN was talking about how Jonathan Huberto, what he's going to do once his uh, life is over, and he talked about about donating his brain to science to talk uh, to continue the discussion of concussions in the sport and CTE and the damage that that it does to players because you know of course it's ingrained in hockey culture of course when you get hurt um you know play through injuries be unselfish be there for the team and of course that's that's part that's been part of the culture for as long as this game has been around but of course um and Jonathan Huberto is the first person since Devils defenseman Ben Lovejoy um in December 17 um, in December 17 to be pledging donating his brain to science to talk more about CTE. And of course the NHL and the NFL are the two leagues that have been criticized the most and um, about concussions and of course, compensation for um, the brain trauma that happens through, through the, the, the sports and what it does to life after hockey. So I want to get your reaction. What did you think when you first heard about Jonathan Huberto talking about um, donating his brain uh, to, to, uh, do more research on uh, CTE. Yeah, so you mentioned Rick Westhead. He's breaking a lot of news up here in Canada, the Kyle Beach investigation, um, the two World Junior Hockey Canada things. So this news I just saw today. So I was researching on this a little bit before I came on. Um, you know, my playing days, you might think I'm not that old, but I'm a little bit older. Um, I probably had one or two undiagnosed concussions, one, one playing baseball, getting run over, and then I just finished playing the game. The manager's like, get back out there and play the game. Probably knocked out for 20, 30 seconds. Get back up and play, right? So it's just a different culture and era that we're living in now. Um, I have one re- one story with hockey and one outside of hockey. The one outside of hockey, I grew up watching wrestling. I, I'm very aware of CT, the brain damage that it does to athletes, um, professional sports entertainment athletes. Growing up in the 90s, um, a lot of those guys, um, things happened to them were, you know, um, very bad tragic things from CT, from just hitting their head, repeated repeated blows to the head. And there was a guy by the name of Christian Novitsky out of Harvard University who was a wrestler and former football player who went in to do a lot of this research and study that you see now on CTE and that he works with these professional leagues. So I learned a lot through Christian Novitsky like 10, 15 years ago when he was coming through the ranks and people were very resistant to change on this. Why why are we looking into concussions? Why are we talking about donating uh, brains uh, post-mortem after we pass like what what what's the deal with all of this well 
we can't study it when when the athlete is alive but thankfully there's ways that we can study it after they pass away right and i have grandparents who have donated their bodies um, to the university of calgary here um they worked on my grandfather's body for like a decade um so they they do so much different studies and different things like that so i'm a definitely a proponent of that so reading that i'm going to like dig into it a little bit more and i think where it touches close to home as us as a panther fan is aaron ekblad he's had three four documented concussions dating all the way back as we see going on right now the world juniors one dating back to world juniors camp uh, one that was in the World Cup with Leo Komarov and one was with the Edmonton Oilers with Matt Hendricks, who made a very dirty run and dirty play on him. So um, I would be very interested to hear what Aaron Ekblad's thoughts and views are on this, because this is something that has directly affected him a lot in his playing career. So that's something when I heard Jonathan Huberto, I thought about me watching wrestling as a child and all the document CTE things that have happened to uh, athlete um, wrestlers that have passed away and our own Aaron Ekblad. So that's something that kicked into my mind where I was like, oh, Jonathan Huberto, this is interesting because you think of him as more of a skill guy, not one of those fighters enforcers like a Wade Belak in the past who had a lot of um, brain injuries and different things like that, different athletes, um, different uh, Bob Probert, um, sadly, how his life ended and different things like that. So it was, it was very interesting to see Jonathan Huberto's name mentioned, but I would really like to see Aaron Ekblad's um, uh, views and comments on this. And, and hopefully some of our reporters locally down in South Florida ask him on this, because I think it's a very important issue. Yeah. And, and, and I want to read the quote that Jonathan Huberto provided to the Concussion Legacy Foundation. That's the name of the organization. Um, it, and here's the quote. is like, quote, as an NHL player, I'm very, I'm very aware of the impact of traumatic brain injuries, concussions, and the link to other mental health issues, close quote. And I also think about when I watched the documentary of Aaron Hernandez, Killer Inside, when that when that came out about how they what they discovered in his brain about how of course no of course no excuse for what Aaron Hernandez did but of course that was probably like the early signs of what could have been that turned into what what had happened with with the situation with him and Odin Lloyd and then the um the the drive-by shooting in in Boston for him and of course we talk about in the NFL and with Antonio Brown as well what he's going through and, and his the and transformation his of his career how he was in Pittsburgh to how after Pittsburgh you're like there's got to be something in there like that could be CTE related just the personality change and um, just different things like that. And athletes are like, there's something wrong with me. I know there is. And now that's doctors and scientists are saying, yes, it is. Now we just got to go further that we can get, they can get tested while, while being alive and different things like that. Hopefully there's more advances made in, in the medical science field that they're able to determine that because these athletes are knowing of what CT is now, what it's all about. And they're like, I feel there's something wrong with me. Right. And you know, how can I, how can I be helped? Right. And sometimes it's a helpless feeling, but at least the medical and the science field is coming further, but it's got to come a lot further when it comes to, to CT and stuff like that. So Jonathan Huberto taking a stand here. You don't always see that with especially NHL players Armando, but him um, kind of making a platform for this, for, for something to speak on, I think is, is very important. Yeah, and then that that's going to help with like improvement of like helmets as well. It's also going to determine some rule changes as well, possibly. I mean, they're already they're already start um starting um with with uh, of course rule changes and of course uh, going after players who have had like multiple offenses. I mean, unfortunately, we saw a player like Sam Bennett get suspended for for going low, um, even though even though it, it's about you know we could argue about the. Um, not bracing themselves but of course even even if it's something not intentional the nhl is going to nip you in the butt with, with those kind of with those kind of suspensions and of course saying hey if you have time to bra brace yourself a little bit 
I, and I know it's harder in game speed. We, we, I can't deny that. It's a little harder in game speed. And, of course, it's easy for us to slay, say in slow motion as well that, oh, they could have just lifted their head. No, I don't think it's that easy. And I, and I hope that I hope that this never-ending I, – I don't want to call it a never-ending issue, that I hope it – that I hope it's no that one day it can no longer it can go from a, something that we see as never ending to not be never ending. Well, to, you look at the, an end. Excuse me. Sorry, you look at the evolution of the game, like the hits Scott Stevens used to lay on Eric Lindros and Paul Korea. Go on YouTube if you haven't seen those hits. Go look at that Paul Korea uh, hit that Scott Stevens put on Paul Korea during the Stanley Cup Finals. Paul Korea went to the dressing room, came back out. That would never be allowed. Now the East West blindside hits that our own David Booth, Florida Panther player, took for Mike Richards. Um, the hit that I think Matt Cook put on Mark Savard, those hits were eliminated and eradic eradicated from the game. And that wasn't so long ago, if you think about it. So we have made steps in the game, evolution in the game. But now I think a lot of that has to come off the ice with the research and medical science. And there's things that are going to happen on the ice all the time, Armando. That's the fastest sport you know in the world. It's a continuous flow game. There's going to be big bodies on the ice, so many bodies on the ice. Players are only getting bigger and bigger. You look at how big the goalies are now, oh, let yeah. alone the players. So, you know, it, it, it's Stuff's going to be inevitable that's going to happen. But if you can be preventive about it, and I think the league's done a pretty good job of it compared to where, where we were at like even 10, 20 years ago. So, mm. and, and, and doing more research is only going to help, um, is only going to help this. But uh, Kirby, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I know you got a, a real good thing going with your, with your new show. Um, tell, tell everybody all about the show and tell them where they can find you and your work online. Awesome. Yeah, you guys can find me as you see on the screen here. But if you're listening to this on the audio format, uh, you can find me on Twitter at KJ underscore loops. And I'm with David and Ryan on the FLA uh, Cats Hockey Podcast. Uh, we just launched a Discord community channel. So you'll see that LinkedIn on David's page. So if you're following David R, David Rodriguez, you'll be able to find him. He's on he's on Instagram. He's got a really good following there on Twitter. So we're trying to promote that really well. I think we had first week over 200 members join our Discord community. We welcome everyone and all. Uh, we launch our Twitter spaces, Armando, like you've been there a couple of times. It's always nice to see when you drop in. We've had uh, George w Richards drop in, David DeWark, um, Colby Guy. So we've had a lot of people from the Panthers uh, media community drop by. Um, even people from outside the fan base were getting a lot of fans from around the league. So when news breaks like this Kachuk trade, it's awesome to be able to talk with just hockey fans from, from all over the league and tell us a little bit about their team and what they see at Panthers. Because we always talk about ourselves in like a hyper chamber in a bubble. But it's nice when other fans come by our Twitter spaces are following David, myself, and Ryan and want to talk Panthers hockey with us because I really value uh, different people's opinions from outside the market. So yeah, we're having a great time. We're just, this growth has been great for us over here the past month. This trade happening uh, happening when it did really helped. It was like godsend for us of our launching our podcast and kind of our brand further. So yeah, we're going to go live on Twitter spaces. So get a Twitter account if you don't have one. Follow us um, after Panther games. We'll go live and we take questions from fan base. What happened that night? Uh, what we see with the roster and different things like that. And, and we'll launch a few Twitter spaces during the summer as well when news breaks. So. Awesome. That, 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 that was a great, great, great way to end it. Uh, of course, don't forget, follow him on Twitter at KJ underscore loops, follow the FLA cats hockey podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts and Kirby, thank you so much for joining and I will see you next time here. Thank you, Armando. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. to so be notified every single time the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, where they'll be covering all 
the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Lockdown experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Lockdown NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Kirby Lupal. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.